0: Hello and welcome to today's COSIDA Capital One Listening and Leading Webinar. We are pleased to offer discussion on statistic management techniques, specifically the NCAA and NAIA record-keeping policy adjustments during the current COVID-19 pandemic. We appreciate you joining us today. Before we begin, we'd like to say a quick thank you to our corporate partner, Capital One, presenting sponsor of our continuing education series. As a reminder, the webinar will be posted later today on COSIDA.com and also in COSIDA Connect, which is our memberships online community. We'll also save this as a a podcast, and you'll be able to download it from the services listed on COSIDA.com. We'll also place this webinar on the COSIDA YouTube channel. Today's webinar will rely on your questions. Please ask your questions as we want to hear from you and what's on your mind. Please use the chat box, which you'll find on the right side of the portal. We'll save time during the webinar and at the end of this webinar to address them please send them to us now and we'll get to them later. We'll address as many of those as time allows. Today's webinar, uh, we'll bring in each of our presenters individually. They're gonna have different uh, uh, aspects of all of this they're gonna talk about. We've got representatives from the NCAA. We've got uh, David Warlock, the Director of Media Coordination and Statistics, uh, Sean Strazaskar and Jennifer Rogers, who are both Associate Directors of Media Coordination and Statistics. uh, And we also have Brad Seigen, the Director of Athletic Communications for the NAIA. we will uh, work in questions as appropriate. The rest we will hold uh, for the end of the webinar. So uh, to start off, uh, we'll like to bring on uh, David Warlock, who's going to talk about uh, you know the SID community and the workloads and challenges and, and all the different scenarios uh, you know we're, we're considering that we might be facing uh, as we start up uh, our next academic year. David.
1: Thanks, Clark. It's great to be with you all today and appreciate everyone out there for taking time to participate on this call. Uh, It's obviously an unprecedented time in our history as a country and certainly within athletics communications. And uh, we know the challenges uh, that you're currently faced with and and the potential challenges that lie ahead. And with that, our staff is working on contingency plans in case there are more unprecedented times in terms of our our workload and specifically what we're talking about what we're thinking about as a staff um, would would include a late start to the fall sports season and um, if those were to lead over into the winter sports or even the spring sport we've seen some people suggest that football could be played for example in the fall so we understand that's going to be taxing on our end but that's just the fraction of how it will be on several sports information staffs across the country. If for example, we had fall sports, winter sports and even spring sports uh, for those sports uh, like baseball and softball that are starting in early February, um, all going on at the same time. And so we wanna be completely prepared for that scenario should it play out. Uh, We hope that it doesn't and and we're optimistic that it won't but we don't wanna be caught flat-footed in the event that we have scenarios where we have uh, multiple seasons. Uh, going on um, against each other we're used to it on some level of course because basketball certainly bleeds into lacrosse and baseball softball season uh, but uh, this could be something of um, uh, unparalleled uh, comparison and so we, we just want to be prepared for that and you know, we're going to think of some ideas on how we can help and we don't have anything definitive in place by by any means but one of the things we want to get across in today's webinar is we want to hear uh, ideas from the CoSide membership and how they would like to see things play out. Do we eliminate daily statistic updates for some sports? Do we just go to once a week or maybe twice a week? Uh, Do we, um, you know, do anything to help with, anything we can do to help with the workload of the sports information staffs at all three division divisional levels, is something we want to be a part of in terms of um, coming up with solutions. And so today we're not here to outline any of those solutions, but we want you to think in terms of um, how you wish to attack this. Because you know, especially in the, the one or two person shops, how you're going to handle that is 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 going to be tricky to say the least. And we want to be um, Helpful in that regard, and so we're open to to your suggestions uh, on those on those uh, matters. Um, the other thing we you know we want to talk about and make sure everyone is aware of um, are the statistical plaques. the The, the plaques are something that um, you know people been in the business are, are very fond of, whether it's an SID or a coaching staff member, administrative member, or obviously the student athletes. Uh, Unfortunately, just like uh, everyone on campuses and and in conference offices across the country, we are faced with some some difficult budget-related decisions. And one of the things that's going to be in place for the 2021 academic year will be a reduction in the plaque program that we have. We are going to still provide individual champion plaques uh, to student athletes. Uh, during uh, the fall, winter, and spring uh, 2021 academic year. Uh, We are not, however, providing the team plaques, nor are we uh, providing the uh, second individual plaque that that the school typically has. We are, however, uh, are going to offer the school the opportunity to to purchase the plaque. I believe they're around $80 or so uh, per plaque. Um, So we wanted you to be aware of this. This is is going to save um, Our staff, you know, several thousand dollars to say the least. And it's unfortunate, but it was something we had to do to contribute to the NCAA's um, across the board budget reduction, uh, which is going to total in the hundreds of millions of dollars. So every department was impacted by this and media coordination and statistics not excluded from that. And so uh, that was one of the areas in which, you know, we were able to, to make sacrifices. It's not something we want to do. It's not something we want to continue moving forward after the 2021 season, uh, but we thought it was important to make you all aware of that um, this year and then well in advance. And also again, remind you that schools will have the opportunity to purchase a plaque and you can contact any of us on the media coordination statistics staff for information on how to
0: do so. Clark, I'll right. turn it over back to you. Great. That sounds great. So excellent, excellent uh, information there for David. Um, this time we're going to bring on Sean Strasiskar. Sean's going to talk a little bit about uh, NCAA live stats and and the process of uh, the progress of that project uh, to this point, Sean.
2: Thanks, Clark. I uh, hope everyone is doing well today. Um, I'm just going to do a quick eight, 10 minute uh, talk about what we're currently working on, how things have gone, uh, with NCAA live stats. Um, Jeff Williams from our staff is our main contact as far as uh, our new software goes, but certainly any one of our staff members can uh, field your questions. Uh, and If we don't know the answer, uh, we'll certainly get it for you. Uh, we'll start with uh, soccer and volleyball. You know, the, the fall didn't start as, as smoothly as we had hoped uh, with the introduction of the live stats for soccer and volleyball. Uh, the stats application itself worked really well. The, the game application. Most of the uh, issues had to do with backwards compatibility files and some integrations from the uh, Genius statistics engine into the NCA database. Uh, the Genius team was very responsive, quickly fixed those bugs uh, that were reported by the users and our staff. And it's really important that we do hear from uh, the users. That's how we catch you know, almost all of the bugs that Software has so don't sit on it. Send it to one of us, and we'll make sure and and get that passed on to the people who can fix it. We're extremely pleased with the number of first-year adopters in both soccer and volleyball. We had about 51% across all divisions for men's soccer that, that used it, 54% for the women's soccer, and just around 48% for uh, women's volleyball. So we expect those numbers to increase next year. Um, And we're in a good place now. We ended the year a lot better than we started it, and we are ready to go with that for next year. Basketball, in its second full season, uh, had a really good season as far as the software goes. Over 68% uh, across all three divisions used uh, the application in men's basketball. 67% in women's basketball were scored in NCAA live stats. Um, Last year, only about 31% of the games were scored in that application, so it's a big increase. Of the 68% uh, of users, 84% of those were Division I games, so um, Division I really jumped in with both feet. Uh, Divisions II and III also saw a big increase, 66% of Division II and 51% of Division III. We saw a big decrease in the number of errors in the files that we've gotten in the past uh, and reporting uh, as far as getting reports on time went way up uh, since we started using the NCA live stats. Hockey uh, is led uh, internally by Mark Beddix. Mark does a great job for our staff and uh, is really in tune with the hockey community. Uh, beta testing started this past season. It was used in over 100 games for this past season. And we really need to thank all of those who participated and, and really grasped this and made it their own. Uh, your, your feedback has been invaluable. Um, Genius developers are working closely with the group that Mark put together. And we're looking at a go or a no-go decision, whether the product will be ready for full use in the 2021 season by around late June early July. Um, It's in a really good place right now. If anyone would like to see the product, uh, feel free to reach out to Mark. Uh, As soon as the working group is comfortable with the software, there will be numerous training opportunities. Football. uh, Internally, we're led by Phil Pierce and Jeff Williams both. Football is a different animal. As far as statistics, statistics go, as many of you know, uh, it's in its final stages of testing. The main aspects of the application that are still being tested revolve around backwards compatibility, uh, generating uh, pack files for StatCrew integration and StatCrew style XML files. Uh, this testing is set to take place starting next week. A decision for the rollout for the 2020 fall season, next season will be made about that same time frame as hockey maybe a little bit later so june spilling into july Um, and and we'll communicate that to the membership as soon as that is that is made we're going to be very conservative before rolling out football we understand the the importance of getting it right and are really aware of the complicated nature of the sport Um, managing rosters with 150 players trying to correctly capture every possible situation that could come up in the football game. So we're gonna be very careful on that rollout. Um, Our staff is gonna think long and hard and make sure that the working group is very comfortable with it, plus the developers that we have working uh, on the genius side, plus our IT staff. Um, If you're interested in learning more about Live stats application, there are two training web uh, webinars scheduled for later in May. One is scheduled for Thursday, May 21st. That's at 3 o'clock Eastern. And the other is scheduled for Wednesday, May 27th at 11 o'clock Eastern. Um, you can all, always access the most recent training webinar and, and find the latest announcements by going to ncaamanager.com. And from there, you go ahead and click on the No More tab. Uh, throughout the summer, there'll be several opportunities to participate in training for all of the sports that have been rolled out. And more detail will be announced on those webinars uh, when those are set. Lastly, if you have any questions, want to set up training for you, a conference or a group, um, feel free to reach out directly to the support team at Genius. Uh, they can be reached at NCAA Support at GeniusSports.com. I uh, would encourage everyone to do that. We've had really good feedback on those who have done those training sessions. Uh, and as usual, if you have any concerns, questions, ideas on how we can improve this, uh, please don't hesitate and send them to any one of our staff. Thanks.
0: Uh, Sean, before you uh, before you depart here, we'll, uh, we've got a couple of questions uh, that have come in that I think are appropriate for you uh, to answer. Okay. um one Senator, you just mentioned uh the the need to be cautious with football um is there a timeline in place uh, a goal timeline for uh, the baseball softball product
2: um not right now we don't have a hard timeline on that we are currently working um hard through the two that that we're focusing on internally i will say that baseball is currently being worked on by developers at genius sports And we do have a working group that's going to be um, probably led by Jeff again, and we'll probably have another uh, member of our team on there, but we do not have any hard dates right now for baseball. It will not be in the 2020 season. I do know that.
0: Okay. And uh, we also have a question regarding when uh, career reports might be available uh, within the genius platform.
2: You know what? I don't know that answer. Uh, to tell you the truth, if one of my colleagues is on that that does know that answer, feel free to to chime in. I would hate to give you a false false information on that. Dave, would you happen to know that?
1: I don't know, but we'll we'll find out. Yeah, I, we I don't know. I don't even know it. if if our staff is fully aware aware of that. Uh, but
0: it's obviously something that it continues to be a priority. Okay, great uh next we're going to turn things over to jennifer rogers jen's going to talk about uh the policies uh that the statistics uh staff has put together uh in response uh to all the uh all the different uh situations we're now finding ourselves in jen
3: thank you very much so we know that We've been in a unique position with some of our stuff, especially with spring. So I'm going to touch on winter first. I think that's a little easier to go through, but then obviously as you have questions, I've seen some in the chat already. We'll try to get to all of those, but I'm going to give you a high level look at um, the document that we put together that was linked. If you need to find it, it is in our stats policies and it is in Appendix B, which I think starts on page 30. So as you know, we finalized all winter sports, even though all games were not played, we're going to treat it as a completed season. Where it got a little bit tricky is with some of the championship records, so we really tried to sit down and look through each championship to determine how we would count those in our record books and how we would treat those from an appearance standpoint. So, for example, if the championship began and tournament games took place, we're counting all stats and win-loss records. And we'll put that towards all-time championship records. So an example would be Division III basketball where some games were played, even though the tournament was not completed. So teams will have a tournament appearance and a win-loss record. Um, There will not be a champion, obviously, or or anybody that's given any sort of um, third place or anything like that, but we do have win-loss records. So an example like Division Two basketball, we had a bracket announced, but no games were played. Everything was canceled the day those games were scheduled to start. So we thought it was appropriate because the bracket was out to go ahead and credit teams with a tournament appearance. But obviously there will not be any sort of win-loss record since no games were played. Um, and then we had some sports where the brackets weren't even announced yet. So the example there would be Division One basketball. Um, no teams are credited with appearances. Even if they had already clinched a uh, conference AQ and earned the tournament spot, we still don't think it's appropriate to to do that since it's not consistent across every division, um, sorry, every conference. So tournament appearance streaks for championships that were not selected will not end, but it doesn't count. 2020 does not count as an extension of that streak. So an example would be Notre Dame women's basketball. Their streak of 24 straight tournament appearances will still be 24 in the 2021 season. Uh, then when it gets really tricky is with the individual sports so we had uh, division threes swimming and diving going on we had track so if the championship began and individual inv- events were completed fully those first place individuals are listed as an NCA champion um, but we did not complete any tournament totally so there are no team champions recognized overall in those events um, obviously if you have specific questions we have created a grid where we you know show the sport where it stopped um, at what point they were in the tournament and all that so you're welcome to reach out to any of us and we can give you more information if you have questions about your specific team and maybe their appearance in a tournament so moving on to spring that's where it gets interesting um, we did have some teams that have played quite a few games especially in baseball and softball however We think it was a third or less of the season that was actually completed for everybody. So we're not awarding stat champions or recognizing national stat champions in our records books. We are not including averages, percentages or um, per game single game categories or single season categories. What we are recognizing are single game accomplishments. So that wouldn't change regardless of the number of games played. So we will include those in our records books. And we will include individual stats towards career totals. I know that was a question in the chat, but yes, we are including that in career totals, even if that means a student athlete will have five or possibly six seasons. Um, Championship records are easy. We weren't to that point yet, so there is nothing um, for us to really report there. From a coaching record standpoint, we are going to include all records for winter and spring towards a coach's career record. Um, And we will count it as a year coach too, even though we might've had some spring teams where they had only played a couple of games. Um, We did have a few questions about streaks and how to handle that. Um, It's tricky, I know we had some teams that have 40 season winning streaks on record, but maybe they were four and seven when the season was stopped. Um, As a staff, we went back and forth on this. We've talked about, you know, it's not obviously fair to recognize it as a full season, but we are counting it towards the coach's records. So we do feel like the streak does come to an end, although it should definitely be denoted. And I think schools can handle it on an individual basis if they, you know, however they want to in their records books. Um, the other thing we have in this document, if it's helpful for you, is we have some footnote wording. So things that you can use for your records books or media guides, if that's helpful, if you wanna copy it out. So for example, could say the 2020 championship was not completed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. We have some other things in there for spring as well. Um, and I'm gonna look at the chat real quick to see what else was in there. Um, let's see. So the question about using lower minimums for spring records, I would I would let Sean and Dave weigh in on this as well. But I think that's gonna be up to you on what works for your um, records book and what what fits best. Um, I mean, we're not going to count those per game averages and stuff in our records books. So I don't know if you wanna stay consistent on a campus level, but I think that's gonna be up to you and maybe you can determine how much of your season was completed before you make that uh, determination. And let's see, not sure. I think I'll go ahead and toss it back. I'll look through here and see if there's any others, but obviously if you guys have questions like Dave and Sean both said, reach out to any of us. We're happy to help however we can.
0: Uh, Jen, we do have a couple of things um, I think we can address now just in terms I think there's a couple of folks looking for some clarification on some things. Um, Speaking specifically to uh, Division II Swimming and Diving Championships, uh, events that had preliminaries completed but not finals, um, are those results thrown out or are those considered finals? What is is being done with those? Uh,
3: We are still touching base with the sport liaison for each of those to determine, but I think that the feeling right now is that since it was not, it didn't progress to the final round or the final event, we're still in prelims, that that would not be considered final. I don't know if Dave's heard any more on that, but um, I know that's something we were still discussing. No, Jen, Jen's
1: exactly right. If it didn't reach a point of conclusion, then it won't count as a, as a championship.
0: Okay. Um, And could you talk a little bit more about uh, the decision not to include individual season averages, uh, even if players had met statistical minimums uh, that are established in the record books?
1: Just an effort to be consistent. I mean, obviously a lot of teams uh, played several games and and, for example, in baseball, softball, Southern schools typically played, you know, well more than Northern schools, but we wanted to be, Uh, consistent on that and and even across different sports.
0: Okay, that sounds great. Um, At this time, we're going to turn things over to Brad Seigen at the NAIA. He's going to talk a little bit about some of the key differences uh, in how NAIA has managed uh, their statistical policies uh, and why they've made some of those alterations. Brad? Yeah, thanks, Mark. Um, And obviously, I think
4: this is a uh, a time that, that we really had to be very careful with uh, the decisions we made, uh, not only make them quickly, but make sure that uh, that we consulted the right people too. So all the decisions we made uh, as we move forward, uh, we did in consultation with, uh, with NAI CIDA, uh, their stats committee. I uh, wanted to make sure that everyone was being consulted on that uh, before we took it to our National Administrative Council uh, for approval. But uh, but. Really, what we had to do is we had to look at things from just a fairness perspective and a little bit of consistency perspective, too, about how not only we wanted to handle things, but how NCAA was handling things as well, trying to be fair to collegiate student athletes across the board. I think there's really only one adjustment that we really made uh, from what NCAA uh, had done, but I think the first thing we really thought about were winter sports and how are we going to uh, attack that? Uh, the main thing that we wanted to do first and foremost is make sure that appearances could be counted. So uh, any appearances, even like, like Jen said that uh, for NCAA that were uh, anything that was announced that we had announced any selections or uh, qualifiers, we wanted to make sure that those appearances absolutely counted in the record book. So that was one of the first things that we did. Um, we're, we're pretty much the same thing down the board with win losses, uh, with anything that was played out uh, in our championships. Uh, no champions are being crowned in the NAI that of, of a championship that was not completed. So that was important to us as well. Uh, no sense in, in trying to reinvent the wheel there. Uh, spring, we really came into some some tough decisions in terms of how we wanted to attack this. Uh, and really, I think the, the hardest piece for us was to eliminate those season average records, those uh, season, uh, not, not about season totals, but the season averages. So your ERA average, um, those we felt, there, were, there weren't many schools that had eclipsed that 50, 60% uh, of their season in order to, uh, uh, in order to kind of justify something a little bit, a little bit more drastic on our end. So we wanted to make sure that we had consistency uh, across the board, so uh, that was one of those that we decided early on. Let's let's take that to the NAC. We don't recommend that that we move forward with keeping those uh, those statistical averages and the record books. Uh, but in terms of uh, single game records, uh, single game totals, things like that, we, we decided to keep all of that. And really, the only difference we made, and uh, and this really came from not only our NAI side aboard, but it also came came through the NAC. Is that we didn't feel it was right to do any career records uh, with an asterisk in it. We're going to keep all career records, whether they play uh, four or five years, uh, similar to what NCAA is doing. But we didn't want to add an asterisk. There's a lot of disparity in terms of how many games you play and you get an opportunity to play based on how the success of your team throughout a career. So we didn't feel like. Everyone's playing 40, 45 games a season, and depending on the sport, so uh, we didn't really want to to add that into the mix. So, so we are not going to do a, uh, an asterisk on any of those career records, and we feel that's that's fair to let those records stand. Um, really, I think the the main thing we're really getting into now is how to tackle fall. Uh, I think we're we're looking at uh, several different options that our council presidents and the NAC are, are weighing in terms of delayed starts, things like that. So we have been talking to DAX stats to make sure that uh, that we're talking about some of these issues that could come up if we've delayed into a spring situation where we've got fall, winter, and spring going on at the same time. Uh, so it is something that we're having active, because in fact, I spoke to them uh, this morning about it uh, as, as recently as, as a couple of hours ago, uh, in terms of what it's gonna look like for their IT department to handle the additional server uh, uh, issues that it could prompt uh, with being able to sync your stats. So we're looking at all that. Uh, We're also trying to figure out um, a good way to help train others on an athletic staff in order to do stats. Uh, One thing we're hearing from athletic directors is they're probably more comfortable moving forward with any sort of delays and trying to figure it out within their staff to be able to handle some of these extra things that they're going to have to happen, such as stats. If we've got six or seven games, ADs understand that you're going to have to be at one or two of those, but you can't be at everything. So, we want to help provide resources to uh, to people that ordinarily don't do stats. So we're gonna we know we're gonna to have to do that, and we're starting to work on those solutions, but. Uh, those are the types of things we're working on right now. Um, in addition to some mm-hmm. mergers of our uh, of our record books from Division Two and Division One basketball, with that merger coming up next year. So, so we're kind of handling a lot of things from that perspective.
0: Thank you very much, Brad. We did have a question about cross association uh, uh, compatibility. Um, you know, NAIA schools playing at NCAA venues, uh, where. NCAA live stats is being used, and then trying to import those files into Dax Stats, and some of the things that have run into that. Um, what kind of progress is being made on that front?
4: Yeah, um, the uh, Dax Stats is working, trying to to figure out some of those some of those issues. Um, they're they're trying to work on that alongside Genius. Um, I think there's always going to be some compatibility issues. They're they're doing their best on it. Um, some of those questions will probably be on the Genius end, too, of, of how they're able to help DAX stats and, and get those files in a in, in a better way. I know in the past with StatCrew, they were able to work with StatCrew to get some of those things ironed out. I don't know exactly how communication is going with DaxStats and Genius, so I don't know how much I can answer that.
0: But I do know they have been communicating and, and they're aware of those issues. Okay. Um, and with regard to uh, some of the... Uh policies that Jen mentioned for the NCAA is that, you know, the NAIA's approach to, uh, you know, a number of years, uh, years coached by coaches, coaches' records, uh, win streaks of winning seasons. Uh, Are you applying similar uh, policies uh, toward how those are counted? Yes, absolutely.
4: Um, We've, uh, we're taking the same approach that the the coaches, uh, the coaches' wins will be counted uh, throughout our championships and through the end of the regular season stoppage uh, of spring sports so um, since the stats are going to remain intact uh, we felt it was only fair for the coaches records to remain intact as well and that creates that consistency
0: okay great Um, we do still have some time for some questions so if users want to get those in they can feel free to do so Uh, we do want to bring the NCAA folks back up back up we do have a question here about uh, live stats and the question is uh, regarding uh, how schools might be able to help backfill some of their historical data and records uh, within the LiveStats platform, um, such as uh, days before the, the single game XML uploads were available. Um, it, it is, is that uh, something that's, that's on the radar uh, of Genius at this point?
2: Uh, yeah, there will be a way for them to do that. Uh, at some point, but right now uh, the focus has been to to get the applications where they're working uh, as far as game applications go, season reports, conference reports, um, but yes, it is on their radar, um, but they, that is not gonna be their main focus at this point.
0: Okay, that's, that's great. We're trying to just go through and make sure that we've answered everybody's uh, Answered everybody's questions here. I think um, I think we're all set. Uh, David, you mentioned uh, th- is there a, a, an email address that people should use, or or um, what means should they use to get in contact with you all uh, with uh, with general questions uh, or or things that come up after this webinar that that maybe uh, people aren't thinking about right now? Uh, would you mind turning your microphone on, David? Uh, we are not hearing you. Uh, if if Sean or or Jen wants to to jump in with I that, jump in. yeah, no
3: problem. So we do have a. Generic email, it's stats at nca.org. You're welcome to send questions there, or then you can reach out to any of us. Um, I know a lot of you have our contacts based on what division you are in or what sports you've been working with. So even if you um, don't know the exact person to contact, just reach out to one of us and we can either answer your question or we'll pass you along to the right person.
0: Okay, uh, and Brad, same question for you. Is there a, a means for, uh, for folks to get questions to you after the fact?
4: Yeah, um, you can email me directly at bsaigin at um, or you can email anyone on our communications staff, Katie Green or Maddie Westergaard, uh, they can help you uh, get the answers that you're looking for.
0: Okay, um, we do have another question about live stats um, and regarding uh, the, the, the pricing, uh, the, the phasing in of a, of a pricing model. Uh, is that timetable still in place, or has has that been pushed back in response to all of this?
2: Are you back on, Dave?
3: Can't hear you.
0: We are we are not hearing you, David. can
2: hear. You. I don't know the answer to that question uh, as far as the timetable goes, um, Jen. I'll defer to you if you if you have any idea on that.
3: So I don't think a decision has been made beyond that three year period, and obviously some of the things that we probably would have been talking about right now are different because of the situation that we're in so i know it's something that we have on our list to talk to the genius folks the next time we all get together and have a staff meeting Once to think decisions are made on football and on hockey as well
0: okay and for folks who have specific questions uh, about genius um, is the school and conference manager still the best way to uh, to, to funnel those to genius
3: yep
2: That would start there and then you can also uh, email our staff and if our staff can answer the question, we certainly will if we need to pass it on because it's more complex, we can do
0: that also. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Uh, I think that's going to conclude uh, today's webinar. Uh, We'd like to thank everyone uh, for joining what was a very informative session today Uh, and a big thank you to our presenters uh, for their guidance on record keeping and historical files uh, during what are certainly challenging times for college sports. Uh, and sports in general. Uh, As a reminder, you can find the on-demand webinar on COSIDA.com and COSIDA Connect uh, later this afternoon. It will also be in a podcast format and will be on our COSIDA YouTube channel. Uh, We'll have all the links uh, for each of those uh, on the COSIDA website, COSIDA.com. Stay tuned for more webinars and professional development sessions in the month of May. We'll be releasing that schedule soon, as well as a schedule for the virtual convention, which will be taking place in June. Thanks again for joining us. Stay safe and have a good day.
2: Thanks, everyone.